Hello. Hello. Mm-hmm. And so it's time again. Yeah, it's that time—the time that you cannot escape, even though you chose actively to <laughs> to click on it. You're like, yep, can't can't help that that flow of time as forcing you click the link. You. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're not forcing you to be here. Well, I am. Stay. Only Ren is. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine, though. <laughs> I am a very good forceful person. I think that, you know, a lot of people are into that. And now we're going to get clicks from weird submissives. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. <Weird> submissives. <laughs> well, okay, not weird. Just submissives in general. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, okay. Yeah, so. Now that you told them, they can't not. Yeah, no, I'm not judging. I I can absolutely be one of those uh, ha- uh hashtag weird submissives, but like I'm that's not what this is about. This is about that's our other murder podcast. and death. Yeah, our that's other our other podcast, podcast called We Are Weird Submissives. <laughs> um, it's very popular in certain circles, popular. but it's a, a it's too charting niche. for sure. I think we're like number seven. Yeah, no, it, it's niche. Yeah, so that's why it's seven it and ha- not not one. It has one. a cult following. Yeah, it has a cult following, and also, like, a literal cult following it. <laughs> yeah, that too. The BDSM we cult. We can't get rid of them. Um, no. It's just one of those things we've grown to accept. Yeah, they're our top listeners. We have to let them be. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they're important they to us. They do send us really important information. About? And pictures. Yeah. <laughs> so. Ah, ah, no. <laughs> they're in our lives forever. Yeah, that's it. That's, you know, that's the seal. That's the the marriage contract is what that is. So, um, I today, had an announcement. You had an announcement, yeah. I, I pluralized. I have two announcements. Okay. We are announce. on iHeartRadio now. Yeah, we're on iHeartRadio. And we have a red bubble. Yes, you're welcome. A red bubble. That's you have one single floating <laughs> bubble of red. But yeah, no, we've got a Red Bubble account because we're going to start making merchandise. Yeah, so, so Redbubble is uh, like they put our artwork on stuff and then they would ship it directly right to you. So if you're interested in looking at some merch there, they've got literally everything like mugs, t-shirts. But we're going to look at other sites too um, because this is sort of just something I really quickly did in like 10 minutes at work. Yeah, of So if course. you just go to redbubble.com and then you can search – too scared it's all one word and it's uh the number two (laughs) they wouldn't let you do much hey no it's a username so they were like yeah you have to shorten it you can't have two scared siblings all so it's just number two scared too scared yeah i kind of like that that's cute actually so that's perfect all right so we've got that Mm -hmm. and um again if you want to submit artwork just uh just do that on one of our accounts or whatever um because that could end up on merch and we'd give you some of the money obviously yeah there you go uh yes so what are you afraid of oh yeah our, our fucking daily fears okay my fear is um my failing body basically I feel sick all the time, and I'm not surprised because I have bad habits, and they're terrible. They're terrible habits, <laughs> yeah. really. Um, yeah, so I'm not, not doing funny, great. I guess um. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> you know what? You have to be able to laugh at these things. Like yeah. you have to be able to be like, ah, I'm dying. <laughs> Because <laughs> otherwise you have to actually face that fact, and that's like, ooh. but I'm not actually dying. I'm I'm just like I could. But I mean, so could anyone. That's if true. If we're being honest, anybody yeah. can. I had a weird episode on the the elliptical yesterday, where I felt like an electrical shock to my heart. What? Yeah. Why? I don't know. 
Maybe someone like buzzed the elliptical. It was it weird. It was booby trapped. Uh, this is the second time it's happened. Huh. But the first time was like six months ago or something. That elliptical is cursed. Yeah. Uh, the haunting of the weird. elliptical. We'll do that one one episode, I'm sure, because that sounds just like it'd that be great to talk about chilling. for four D minutes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Haunted so. gym machinery. Yeah. <laughs> Although it could be pretty bad. That it sounds like be. a recipe for like a saw death or a final destination death. Like that yeah. one guy who where the weights like smooshed his head. Oh yeah. Yeah, Final Destination's gross. That was revolting, yes. I was, I mean, I wasn't really upset about his death. Like, I was, but I was also like, he's supposed to be an asshole character. What I was upset about in Final Destination was, like, the girls who got cooked alive in the tanning beds. Because they were kind of dicks, but they were trying not to be dicks. Yeah. And they were kind of just punished for being girly girls. Yeah, and it's like true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of just like, that sucks. So yeah, for me, it's my health. Um, What's your fear? My new position. Yeah. I got a promotion. I don't know if I ever mentioned this on here, but I got a pretty big promotion. Yeah. But it's going to take me out of, like, the, out of Cochrane on a regular basis. It's, yeah. I'm going to be away for, like, days at a time in different parts of Alberta. It involves yeah. a lot of travel, and I am going to be separated from my cats. Um, but I will not Extended periods be. of time. No, you won't be. Yeah, I'm going to babysit the cats. So I'm kind of like, this is, this benefits me all around. I know. Yeah. Andrea's gone. I get her cats. <laughs> <laughs> Soul control of the kitties. Horrible. I'm going to snuggle them so hard. I know. Sugar's going to like hate it at first. And then she's going to come around and be like, you're the only one. Yeah, and she's, she's gonna, gonna like hobble gonna over. Think I abandoned them. No, they won't. I'll rub like I don't know your lotion on my hands, so it'll be like okay, she's still alive, good. We'll have to do video calling. Yeah, yeah, you can. So can you can do it with them. your pets. Yeah, you can. <laughs> I've seen people do it with their dogs, and the dogs actually get excited by the yeah. voice. And I think that your cats would too, because they're very responsive to your like high pitched yeah. voice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, they're really used to me. Aww. And my squeaky voice. Yeah, I can't emulate it. Like, I try when it's, like, treat time, right? <laughs> because know. Andrea has a very specific tone of voice when she uh, calls them over for treats. So I'll be like, treat time. But it, it's not, it does not, it doesn't factor in the same way. It's not as shrill as how I do it. Well, it's not, sh- yours isn't shrill, but I can't match that tone no. of voice. No, yeah, yeah. Maybe through, like, some, it's like, nearly years dog of whistle, study. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll just buy a dog whistle. All right, so today we have some things for you. We do. We didn't yeah. come with nothing. Well, I mean, you'd Piece still love us, right? <laughs> Be like, right? and that's it, right? Well, you gotta go. Bye. You're like, that's great. I love. I wanted to hear about your job and your health. Fucking <laughs> old ass people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. So, Andrea, did mine. you want to go first? Yeah, I'm gonna do it first. Okay. So it's the Hoya Basayu forest. You got a haunted, fucked up forest. Yeah, it's a creepy forest. And I did a little baby. It's short, but it's good. So. Yeah, no, go for it. Mine's longer, so yeah. All right. So this is a forest in Romania, and it's referred to as the Bermuda Triangle of the country. Creepy. Which is weird already. Yeah, how many Bermuda Triangles have. Are I know. they're allowed to be? I thought Bermuda kind of had 
a Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, that was supposed to be the only one. Romania's like, now we have now we a have chunk of own. Bermuda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're now Bermuda, and we stole your triangle. <laughs> and you're never getting it back. Wow, they put weird voices. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly how uh, yeah. Romanians sound. One hundred percent. That's how. That's how it is. So, tell me about the uh, the Romania. The Romania. Thank you. Tell me about lettuce. <laughs> tell me about the Bermuda Triangle in Romania. Okay, so reports have included ghost sightings, unexplained apparitions, faces appearing in photographs that were not visible with the naked eye. And in the Ooh. 1970s, there were UFO sightings. Oh, so lots going on there. Yeah, so when people go into this forest, they report having, like, feeling intense feelings of anxiety and the feeling of being watched. Well, yeah, they're being watched by the aliens. They are. That's just fact. Yeah. So local vegetation there is apparently really bizarre. It's like something Ooh. out of fiction. I'm picturing, like, out of Dr. Seuss. I would love that. Like, you see a who Valorax. tree, a whoville tree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a truffle tree. They're like, this is kind of weird <laughs> for Romania. <laughs> um, hmm. So they have strangely shaped trees and unexplained charring on tree stumps and branches. Ooh. Uh, when there hasn't been a fire, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So the forest itself was named after a shepherd that disappeared with a flock of 200 sheep in this forest. Oh, man, where'd my sheep go? And the shepherd. Is what he must have been thinking when he was also lost. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully he's with them wherever they are. He's like, well, at least I've got my sheep. Thank goodness. I can have wool. (laughs) All 200 of my sheep. All the wool that I need. All the wool Um, I need in this triangle of despair. All right. uh, People are afraid to enter it. And, like, people that are, you know, like, so there are legends and stuff. And so, like, people that know these legends and live there are afraid to enter it. um, Because people believe that the people that go there won't return home. Right. And people that do go into the forest complain of rashes, nausea, vomiting, migraines, burns, scratches, and anxiety. That is pretty bad. I wouldn't want to go there either. It just sounds like a normal day to me. I mean... If you're in the forests of the triangle. I mean, Andrea often enters forests of the triangle. I do. Yeah. And And she's like, man, why do I have all these, like, health issues? Oh, man, I'm not forest (laughs) again. Romanian forest again. (laughs) That you you promptly visit. How do I keep wandering in here? I mean, (laughs) you take a left in my closet, and there's the fucking Romanian forest. What can you do? There's Hoya Basayu. So... It gained notoriety in the late 1960s when a biologist named Alexandru Sift took photos of a flying disc-shaped object in the sky above the forest. And then on August 18th, 1968, a military technician named Emil Barnia captured famous photographs of a saucer flying over the forest. Oh, geez. And then in the 1970s, like I said before... The area was a hotbed for UFO sightings and unexplained lights. And when you go in there, um, electronic devices malfunction. There will be sudden appearances of mysterious orbs of light and disembodied female voices giggling. Oh, that'd be horrible. I know. I don't like disembodied voices giggling at me. That's terrible. I don't even like bodied voices giggling at me. That freaks me out already. I'm like, like, oh man, what's on my face? Like, (laughs) yeah. Um, And they... There are reports of apparitions and people being scratched. 
And some people mm-hmm. believe that the forest is a gateway to another dimension. Mm-hmm. People have been known to disappear there. There are some stories of people entering and missing time. And some go missing for a long time with no memory of what happened during that time. Oh, jeez. And there's this one story about a five-year-old girl that wandered into the woods and got lost. And she emerged five years later with the same untarnished clothes and no memory. What? Yeah. So her, her like... clothes weren't even dirty. Yeah, so she was like five. So maybe it's like a time skip. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, that's weird. So it's thought to be haunted by Romanian peasants that were murdered there. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Um, people figure their souls were trapped in the forest and grew enraged. I'd be and there have been, pissed. yeah, yeah. Uh, it's rude to murder people. Yeah. In a forest. Well, I mean, in most places, but also <laughs> in a forest. Yeah, I guess. Uh, people have visions of these peasants and pairs of haunting, observing green eyes and a heavy black fog. Ooh. In a heavy black fog. Um, have been seen. Oh, we gotta go there. I know. Uh, recently, paranormal activity has been taking on the form of a poltergeist and, or not a, pol- but you know, well, I don't know how many poltergeists. All the poltergeists. <laughs> All the poltergeists. And ghost activity. And one paranormal TV series um, investigated, and the investigator was sitting in a clearing, and he was he or she was scratched and thrown to the ground by an unseen force. Oh, jeez. And they basically... They weren't happy about that, yeah. Yeah. And it seems like the activity is focused on an inexplicable clearing in the forest that is like a vegetation dead zone. Oh. It's a perfect circle and nothing grows there. They took soil samples, but there's no reason why nothing should grow there. Yeah, like so the soil's fine. healthy, Yes. And uh, so people believe that's the hub for the paranormal activity, and mm. they consider it to be the home of ghosts, and there are photos like that people have taken that reveal hovering shapes and outlines of human forms. So like aliens. Yes. Which makes sense. It sounds like a bit of a crop circle, because like if the soil's fine and it's a circle yeah. in a forest, and it And it was obviously fucked. a yeah. UFO. Well, I like to believe in aliens. I mean, okay, the chances that aliens exist are actually not that crazy. No. Because, like, us being the only thing in galaxy upon galaxy upon galaxy seems like more of a risky view to take. That's true. Mm -hmm. We know that from movies. I know that from Statistics 101. I am Mars Attacks. (laughs) I mean, they don't seem to be doing much. That is more scientific. Than statistics. Who's ever heard of statistics? It's ridiculous. That's true. And if you have heard of statistics, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. You didn't deserve it that. It is tragedy. It is incredibly boring. Yes. Um. So this, the legend of this forest is competing with the Dracula legend in Transylvania. Oh. So it's become pretty famous and well-known, at yeah. least over there, because I'd never heard of it. Well, if it's as famous as Dracula, he's kind of a big deal these days. He's a hot, <laughs> he's a hot ticket. He's a hot is what topic. he is, yeah. Um, so amateurs of yoga, Wicca, and the paranormal will often go there, because <laughs> they like, there's something spiritual about it. Okay, I really like that, like, witchcraft and yoga. I know. <laughs> they <laughs> Oh, man, I like thing. this. It's just like, are you... A witch or a yogi? I like the idea of them holding hands in solidarity. We need a <laughs> we need a witches who do yoga flag is what we need. <laughs> I like that. Uh, a lot. Or some artwork. 
Yeah, or some artwork. artwork for a certain yogi witches. Please, yeah, or draw like, us a yogi witch. Yeah, or like a yogi and a witch being like, okay, this forest is fucked. So they they're just like holding hands in solidarity. Yeah, and that, yeah, I like yeah. it. So I have something that was a request from Andrea because she keeps <laughs> telling me what to do. <laughs> This is the third uh, time. It's because I was telling like, you about all shit. these famous cases, and you're I like, oh, "I've never heard of that." And I'm like, "Seriously, Ren?" I don't, I don't go on to like Ranker really and like look <laughs> at it. It like wants to get my computer adware, and also like, I, it's fine. But I'm just kind of because I know how I know how to kill you, adware. I know you, but um, factory reset. Yeah, no, <laughs> I am an. Absolute expert with computers, meaning I know exactly how to factory reset a thing, like everyone knows how to do. But, um... If it's asleep. Well, wake it up. Wake it up. I know. Yeah, you shake that awake. You have to do foot stuff. You can't be sleeping right now. You have to do foot stuff. (laughs) The BDSM cult that's listening to us right now is like, yes, do the foot stuff. (laughs) Do all the foot stuff. Okay, so I... As per Andrea's demands, um, and also this, also a really, really fucking interesting case. I know. I know. That's why I I asked you to do it. I figured, yeah. You're not usually like, hey, do do this boring case. Um, So, (laughs) (laughs) Can you please just bore our listeners? That'd be great. Yeah. I'll be like, um, hmm. I don't know how to do that because I'm a fascinating person. Oh, we uh, got on this topic because of Haven, the TV show Haven. Yes. So the TV show Haven, which is based off a Stephen King novel called The Colorado Kid, mm-hmm. um, was based on this real life case. Yeah. And I was trying yeah. to tell Ren about it because I'd read about it. but And I also am in love with Stephen King's. So it's kind of weird that I didn't. No. I know. Yeah, it was weird. The Colorado Kid the Colorado was a Kid. tiny little book too and it has no resolution. No, because so, this doesn't really, like, this is doesn't. still a mystery. Yeah. But, I mean, Stephen King could have come up with something. Yeah, but maybe like he didn't. an interesting, creepy explanation. That's true. Maybe he didn't want to muddy the waters of truth. And sometimes it's maybe. nice to have, like, an ambiguous ending. I'm but kind of, like. this doesn't take place in, in Colorado. So he already no. kind of muddied the truth. Okay, but Colorado is, he's probably more familiar with it than where this did take place. And this true. being. Yes. The Summerton Man, or The Mystery of Tamam Shud. Yeah! Yeah, so on the 1st of December, 1948, at 6.30am, the police were contacted after the body of a man was discovered on Summerton Beach near Glenelg. <laughs> you know what, it's, it's like a Scottish name, but this is in Australia, and I'm gonna say, like, Glenegg, maybe? Glenegg? Glenig. I mean, that works for me. Yeah, basically in Australia, though, this Glenig is a suburb about 11 kilometers southwest of Adelaide in South Australia because everything fucking bad happens in Adelaide, Australia. I, I know. Don't, what's going on, I'm you guys? Weird. You should probably pick up Adelaide and, like, move it a little further away. <laughs> just um, <laughs> pick it up and move it a couple inches to the left, please. Yeah, you're just like, this. that's enough, Adelaide. It, go away. <laughs> but yeah, so the man was found lying in the sand across from the uh okay, and I'm gonna say disabled from here on out, but the name of the place was the Crippled Children's Home, which was on the corner of the Esplanade and Bickford Terrace. Because well, this is a fancy ass neighborhood. It is from the forties. <laughs> yeah, no, they would have called it that. Yeah. But I'm just gonna call it, you know, the children's home or whatever from here on out. But like that's what it was called. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so that's where his body was discovered. Here's where shit starts to get, like, really weird. So, he was lying back with his head resting against the seawall, with his legs extended, and his feet crossed. It was believed he had died while sleeping. An unlit cigarette was on the right collar of his coat. A search of his pockets revealed an unused second-class rail ticket from Adelaide to Henley Beach, a bus ticket from the city that could not prove uh, to have been used, a narrow aluminum American comb, a half-empty packet of juicy fruit chewing gum, an Army Club cigarette packet containing seven cigarettes of a different brand from the one found on his body on his collar, mm-hmm. and a quarter full box of Bryant and May matches. It's just weird. Yes, yeah, so there's a lot of shit. Why would he bum a cigarette if he already has cigarettes? Right? It doesn't make sense. It's like someone just dropped it there to be a dick, like whoever yeah. killed him or something. But, like, so witnesses um, who came forward said that on the evening of November 30th, so, like, you know, day before, they had seen an individual resembling the dead man lying on his back in the same spot and position near the disabled children's home where the corpse was found on December 1st. A couple who saw him at around 7 p.m. that November evening noted that they saw the man extend his right arm to its fullest extent, and then drop it limply. Another couple who saw him from 7.30pm to 8pm, during which time the streetlights had come on, right, so they could see it better, recounted that they did not see him move during the half an hour in which he was in view, although they did have the impression that his position had changed. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Although they commented between themselves that it was odd he was not reacting to the mosquitoes hovering, like, all around him, right? Because it's a, a source of water, right? So it's not like this. most people are probably swatting mosquitoes on this beach, mm-hmm. right? So, like, yeah, they thought it was more likely that he, he was, like, drunk or whatever, like, so, or asleep, basically, like, passed out. So they didn't investigate further. Yeah. Um, one of the witnesses told the police she observed a man looking down at the sleeping man from the top of the steps that led to the beach. Witnesses said the body was in the same position they'd seen it in uh, when the police viewed it. Some witnesses stated that they'd seen him walking around the beach, but when he was discovered, his shoes were perfectly clean and sand-free, but had somehow been transported that way to where he was. Without almost, sand in them. Yeah, almost like, like he, he took them off and walked to his deathbed or something. Well, it makes sense to take off your shoes when you're walking on sand, though. Yeah, but so if you die, you would clean. think they're... Yeah, for sure. If you die, though, mm. like, if you're dying, though, would you really care about your shoes? Like, you'd well, think he would have dropped them or got point, sand in them he somehow. he might not have been dying. And they, they were on his body. Like he had put them on. Like yeah, he had really sat so. there and put yeah. them on and then died. Yeah, and there was no sand on them at all. It's so weird. Yeah, so another witness came forward in 1959, so like just a decade later, like almost like a little over 11 years, right? And reported to the police that he and three others had seen a well-dressed man carrying another man on his shoulders along Somerton Beach the night before the body was found, and a police report was made by Detective Don Doherty. Or Don O'Doherty. 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 You see, O'Doherty. I should be able to say this. It's like Irish or Scottish. <laughs> I'm so sorry. 
<laughs> but yeah, according to the pathologist, John I'm Burton... I'm over your shoulder. I know I'm you are. I'm going to slap you. Okay, go ahead. All right, according to the pathologist, John Burton Cleland, the man was of, and this is his words, Britisher appearance... His words, not mine. And thought to be aged about 40 to 45. He was in top physical condition. He was about 5 foot 11 with gray eyes, fair to ginger colored hair, slightly gray around the temples, with broad shoulders and a narrow waist, hands and nails that showed no signs of manual labor, big and little toes that met in a wedge shape like those of a dancer or someone who wore boots with pointed toes and pronounced high calf muscles consistent with people who regularly wore boots or shoes with high heels or performed ballet. Mm. He was dressed in a white shirt, um, a red, white, and uh, blue tie, brown trousers, socks and shoes, a brown knitted pullover in fashionable gray, and double brown, like a brown double-breasted jacket of reportedly American tailoring. Right. Right. So here's something like... Well, I mean, it's something. We'll get there. <laughs> okay. So here's something, like, especially weird. All the labels on his clothes had been removed. He also had no hat, which was, you know, pretty fucking weird for 1948, and no wallet could be found on him. The body was clean-shaven and carried no identification, which led police to believe he had committed suicide first. His teeth did not match the dental records of any known living person. An autopsy was conducted, and the pathologist estimated the time of death at around 2 a.m. on December 1st. So weird. So, like, just hours before, like, four hours before the police found him. And he's never been to a dentist, obviously. Yeah, exactly, which is really weird to his character. Yeah. Yeah. So, how'd he die? Okay, so autopsy findings reported that the heart was of normal size and normal in every other way, too. Small vessels not commonly observed in the brain were easily discernible with, like, congestion. There was congestion of the pharynx, and the gullet was covered with whitening of superficial layers of the mucosa with a patch of ulceration in the middle of it. To clarify what what all that mess means, basically he had fluid whitening and a bit of an ulcer in, like, and on the tissues of his throat mucosal, like, skin. Yeah. Yeah. So, now, the the stomach was deeply congested. Congested. (laughs) It was deeply congested. There was um, congestion in the second half of the duodenum. There was blood mixed in with the food found in his stomach, his last meal. Both kidneys were congested, and the liver contained a great excess of blood in its vessels. His spleen was, like, strikingly large, about three times normal size. There was destruction of the center of the liver... uh, Liver? The liver lobules. <laughs> no, I'm dying. I'm I'm gonna fall apart. The liver lobules revealed under the microscope acute gastritis hemorrhage, which I think is sudden massive bleeding in the intestines, um, extensive congestion of liver and spleen, and the the congestion in the brain. So to translate all that fully, there was like a lot of fluid in this man's body and some blood in unusual places. Sounds like poison, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, it does. It does. And he yeah. certainly was on his way to dying if he was congested and bleeding. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it sounds like poison. Yeah. But the autopsy showed, well, like, first, that a man's last meal was a a pasty. Which is a pastry. British people. (laughs) Well, it's pasty. I know. This is is just the Australian way. And they do that in 
England as and well. The UK as well. Yeah. What yeah. what is different? They just dropped the, the R. I, I don't know. know why. Is interesting. I can't explain it. I can't explain yourself. Missing R. Yeah. So like that was la- his last meal. Um, eaten three to four hours before death, but it also couldn't reveal any foreign substance in this man's body. Like, the poison didn't come from this. Yeah. The pathologist Dr. Dwyer concluded, here's a quote from him, I am quite convinced the death could not have been natural. The poison I suggested was a barbiturate or soluble hypnotic. Although poisoning remained a prime suspicion, the pasty was not believed to be the source, right? Other than that, the coroner was unable to reach a conclusion as to the man's identity, cause of death, or whether the man was seen alive at Somerton Beach on the evening of November the 30th. Like, If it was the same guy. Yeah, was for absolute certain the same man, right? right? As nobody had seen his face at that time. So despite all those weird physical findings, no poison was detected. And the usual reactions to being poisoned, vomiting and convulsions, were not evident in his body. Right. Right. So if he was poisoned, as the pathologist suggested, it would have had to be a really fast-acting type, undetectable to medical science at the time. So there are a few passages of an especially strange thing that was found on the man's body. And this is Yay. where it gets its name. Body stuff. I, I mean... It... <laughs> so <laughs> these passages, a few of these passages are from uh, thevintagenews.com. So, quote, A small piece of paper containing the phrase tamam shud, meaning finished or the end in Persian, was found in a pocket of the man's trousers that was hidden. Investigators discover that the phrase comes from the last page of the Rubaiyat of Omar Khayyam, a collection of Persian poems from the 12th century, some way back in the day. The police conducted an extensive investigation to locate the book from which the phrase was, like, cut out, which the media publicized. At first, they had no luck, but then a man, whose identity remained secret, sounds suspicious to me, right. discovered the book on the back seat of, an, of like, an abandoned car. Because that's usually what you break into abandoned cars for. Yeah, no, sometimes you just walk by an abandoned car, you're like, like hey, that looks like, looks a, like a mystery. Yeah, the Rubaiyat, that's what I want to read. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> so at first, yeah, like, after the, he found the book, right, and came forward with it, microscopic yeah. tests were performed on the book to confirm that it was indeed the same book from which the piece of paper was cut, but no clues to the man's identity were discovered. The only possible clue in the investigation of the man's mysterious death was the Australian phone number found in the book. The number was registered to a nurse named Jessica Thompson. She denied ever meeting the man, but she remembered that a neighbor noticed a strange man wandering around her house when she was at work a few days before the body is found on the beach. And some believe that Jessica, in fact, knew the dead man, but decided to deny knowing him because he was, like, a former lover or something. Okay. Seems yeah. like a strange reason. It seems, like, ridiculous to me. I mean, maybe, but, like, yeah, people are just making shit up now. They're just, like, speculating. Yeah. Others claim that the background of the case is much more sinister and involves espionage, which is not an unbelievable scenario since the mysterious man who apparently used a secret code was found dead at the beginning of the Cold War. The truth is buried together with the Somerton Man. And that's, you know, the end of the passages from Vintage News. Okay. So 
it is all still a mystery, but to add to it, on the 14th of January 1949, staff at the Adelaide Railway Station discovered a brown suitcase with its label removed, which had been checked into the station cloakroom after 11 a.m., on the 30th of November, 1948. Because this was the same date the witnesses reported having seen the man lying on the beach, it was believed that the suitcase was owned by him. In the case were a red check dressing gown, a size 7 red felt pair of slippers, four pairs of underpants, pajamas, shaving items, a light brown pair of trousers with sand in the cuffs. That's weird. Yeah, an electrician's screwdriver, a table knife cut down into a short, sharp instrument, a pair of scissors with sharpened points, a small square of zinc, thought to have been used as a protective sheath for the knife, and scissors and a stenciling brush, as used by, like, third officers on merchant ships for, like, stenciling cargo. Also in the suitcase was a thread card of Barber brand orange waxed thread of an unusual type not found in Australia. It was the same as that used to repair the lining in one of the pockets of the trousers the dead man was wearing. All identification marks on the clothes had been removed, but police found the name T. Keen, spelled, you know, K-E-A-N-E, on a tie. Keen on a laundry bag and Keen without the last E on a singlet, along with three dry cleaning marks, uh, 1171-7, 4393-7 and 3053-7. Mm-hmm. Police believe that whoever removed the clothing tags either overlooked these three items purposefully, like, and left the Keen tags on the clothes, knowing Keen was not the dead man's actual name. With wartime rationing still enforced, clothing was difficult to, like, acquire at the time, although it was a very common practice to use name tags, it was also common when buying secondhand clothing to remove the tags of the previous, like, owner or owners. Right. What was unusual was that there were no spare socks found in the case, and no correspondences with anyone, although the police had found pencils and unused letter stationery. Okay. So he was planning on writing to someone and then he just didn't. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. Like, he just didn't get the chance or yeah. something. Yeah. It's not that weird. No. A search concluded that there was no T. Keen missing in any English-speaking country and a nationwide circulation of the dry cleaning marks also proved fruitless, basically. In fact, all that could be discovered from the suitcase was that the front gusset and feather stitching on a coat found in the case indicated that it had been manufactured in the United States. The coat had been imported, indicating the man had been to the United States, or rather, it had not been. It had not, not been, been imported. Impor- oh, okay. Yeah. So sorry about that. that yeah, been- he hadn't. He hadn't bought it. So like, but so it indicated that he had been to the United States, or he'd bought the coat from someone of his same size who had. Okay. So people checked incoming train records and believed the man had arrived at the Adelaide railway station by overnight train from either Melbourne. Sydney, or Port Augusta. They speculated he had showered and shaved at the adjacent city baths, though there was no baths ticket on his body, before returning to the train station to purchase his ticket for the uh, 10.50 a.m. train to Henley Beach, which, for whatever reason, he missed or did not catch. He immediately checked his suitcase at the station cloakroom before leaving the station and catching a city bus to Glenegg. Although named the City Baths, the center was not like a public bathing facility or anything, but it was a public swimming pool. Okay. The railway station uh, bathing facilities were adjacent to the station cloakroom. 
which itself was adjacent to the station's southern exit onto North Terrace. The city baths on King William Street were accessed from the station's northern exit via a laneway. There is no record of the station's bathroom facilities being unavailable on the day the man had arrived. Okay. And here's an extra note. Um, Derek Abbott, an engineering professor from the University of Adelaide, with an interest in mathematics, cryptography, and forensic engineering, is still trying to solve the case today. Oh, good. Cool. Yeah, so here's a quote from him. Here is a man who has passed away, and we don't know what his name is, and giving someone their name back is perhaps the most important thing we can do, Derek said. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it would be nice if, like, we could get answers. Yeah. I no, mean, not like, I mean, any. it happened forever ago, but that... It's so weird. It's one of those ones that bugs you because you're never going to know. They think it was definitely like some sort of spy thing and yeah. that he was poisoned by, you know, people who uh, He was an American spy. Yeah. <laughs> people were like... American no. spies. All over the place. Just dying. All over Australian beaches. Stop it. Yeah. Like, what the fuck were you doing in Australia? <laughs> I don't know how spying. Australia was... Well... <laughs> you got me there. But, like... <laughs> he's like you know what it's the cold war so i a spy gonna go to australia yeah because it's important i understand that i totally get where he is coming from yeah no totally he was like i want to get bit by a snake first and like put it on my youtube channel like my pain (laughs) and reaction to the snake i'll get so many views but yeah youtube is something that will be invented yeah no this is 1948 youtube yeah. Which means it was basically <laughs> like YouTube dash forty eight, and um, <laughs> it was a little rough around the edges. Right, like it's not as good quality. Like it wasn't high def. Yeah, it was like seven seven fifty. Um, <laughs> and like like it was a smaller community in those days, so he would have gotten all the views, all the views, all so fifty three views. Yeah, no, that's a lot in nineteen forty eight because that's fifty three whole people. Yeah. Who somehow created the internet. Or one person <laughs> watching it 53 times. I don't know if they count it that way, although I've I think wondered they do, about that. Do I they? Think, yeah. Oh, I am blowing up my favorite creator so much then. You're welcome, <laughs> you guys. I'm pretty sure they do because I, I like, showed... Each time I showed someone our video on YouTube, oh. it went up. Oh. By well, one, yeah, it does. That one watch. But, I mean, if they watch it again, does it go up again? Yeah, because it was it was always from my, like laptop or phone oh okay it was was from the same device several times and each time the count went up oh that's awesome even though i was like showing it to someone on that on the same device as before right yeah no that makes sense that's kind of awesome yeah sweet so yeah but that's speaking of which you should check out our youtube channel at two scared siblings yeah and you should email us at two scared siblings at gmail.com yeah we're two scared siblings pretty much everywhere else except for twitter at which we are two scared sibs uh check out our patreon where you get bonus content in fact it's the end of the month so you're getting a bonus episode yay you yeah Yeah. we're on bonus episode number six so if you want to hear any bonus episodes that yeah just go on to patreon it's the five dollar tier yeah we're keeping it low we're keeping it low yeah for now yeah no no but i mean like people with a five dollar tier will still get what they get but um with the $1 tier, you get a vocal shout-out, and a shout-out in every description, like, of our videos after, of yep. our episodes after, yeah. And then a $5 tier, you get a shout-out and the bonus material. Yeah. So, yeah, check it out. And then rate, so, yeah. review, and subscribe to us on iTunes, please. 
Yeah, and leave a comment on iTunes. It's very valuable to us. It's it does so help, like, a and whole And feedback is lot. helpful. Yeah, and feedback is just nice yeah, to have. Yeah, might as well like, have feedback if you think we should be doing something different. Yeah, no, let us know. We're not going to be, like, all offended, I swear. Yeah, we won't. All right. All right. We love you, and now you get a smooch. Mwah. Andrea, that was a very dismissive <laughs> smooch. I am going to make up for it with the most <laughs> loving smooch possible. Uh-oh. Those poor people. Yeah, they're both like, they're all like, that was gross. All two. They're both, yeah, all two of them. No, but like, there's one person who's like, that was ASMR to me, and another person who's like, that was really gross. Yeah. (laughs) Sleep well. Bye.